Welcome to the Italian Grape Geek Podcast. Join us as we explore personal stories of travel and tasting with Italy's must-know grape varietals. Chart your own course with My Italian Grape Geek Journal, your personal tasting companion to accompany the series. Available now on Amazon. With thanks to Colangelo and Partners for their generous support with this project. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin, and this is Voices. Every Wednesday, I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals, discussing issues in diversity, equity, and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods. Hello. Welcome to Voices. This is me, Cynthia Chaplin, and today I have the greatest pleasure of welcoming my friend Alicia Townsfrank to Voices. Alicia has over 25 years of experience in the wine industry, and today she leads Wine Unify as the executive director. Wine enthusiasts named her as a future 40 tastemaker for her work-building community, mentorship, and supporting education for underrepresented communities in the wine sector. So this is right up my street and a great success story, and I'm excited to have this chat. So thank you so much for coming back to talk to me today. Thank you for having me. Huge pleasure. I mean, we have talked about so many things in the past. We met a couple of years ago at Wine to Wine, uh, the business forum in Verona, and you were doing various and sundry other jobs, and we had a great connection. So we've stayed in touch, and today it's going to be all about Wine Unify. Um, I know this is a nonprofit organization, and you started about four years ago now, and the mission is welcoming and elevating and amplifying the voices of underrepresented minorities in the wine sector. So let's talk about this. Who started Wine Unify and what was the driving purpose behind the whole idea? Well, the the idea of Wine Unify um, stems from conversations that many of us have had over the years. Personally, for me as a wine director in a Boston area restaurant, being the only female wine director of color, wine professional of color for so many years, I felt like I was on an island in so many ways. And we've been talking about this for so long. And I had left the industry to raise my children and I came back and not much had changed. Friends had started this conversation. Our three co-founders are Mary Margaret McCammock, who's an MW, and Martin Reyes, also an MW, and Dylan Proctor, wine professional extraordinaire, who's just amazing. So Wine Unify came out of so much, um, and we actually launched it in the summer of 2020, and it was sort of our response to the multiple pandemics that were happening within this country. Um, yes, we had COVID, but we also had racial unrest. And I received a call at a, maybe three o'clock in the morning. I live on the East Coast. D. Lynn is in Napa. He often forgets that we live on opposite coasts. And, but it didn't matter because we all were awake at that time. We all were unable to turn off and to, and to relax and to sleep because it felt like the country was on fire. And he said, we have are thinking this, are you interested? And before he gets finished telling me what this was, I said, yes. And that was Wine Unify. Um, just being able to look at the wine industry to see how we could affect change into something that we had a hand in, as opposed to trying to change the world, we could start in our own neighborhood. Um, as I said, going 
away for about 20 years, 18 years, coming back and seeing that not much had changed, we wanted to make a difference personally for me speaking, but also for them. How can we help change the future of the industry? How can we on-ramp a new demographic of people? And that was Wine Unify. And when we thought about Wine Unify, education is a huge cornerstone. Just, it's so important to me. It's all the organizations that I'm a I'm a part of personally have some sort of educational component to it because I think it's incredibly powerful. But it's one thing to give someone an award to pay for their credentials. Uh, we do Wine Spirit and Education Trust. It's a global credential. It's sort of like putting on a uniform. So we're not only paying for people's credentials, we're also giving them all the resources they need so they can succeed. So extra wine to study, glassware, in case you don't have glassware, a Coravan for preservation, reading resources. And it was very important for me that people were not working by themselves. So they work together in a cohort. But I think the key to Wine Unify and why we've had an almost 100% pass rate is that mentorship piece. We have the best mentors in the industry. They are all of color. They range from people who are at Michelin star restaurants to winemakers, to journalists, to on-premise and off-premise and, and production. And so we're trying to hit every single aspect of the industry. And I think that's one of our, one of the reasons behind our success is that we, we truly are giving people all the pieces that they need. And we've been doing this almost four years now, and we tweak it as we see other things that people might need. But it's been wonderful, actually. Absolutely love it. I started at Wine Unify as a board member and the head of mentorship. And when we decided that someone needed to be steering the ship, so to speak, um, it was one thing when everyone was not working and could volunteer their time. But we thought this was successful, and this was something that needed to continue and be sustainable. So someone had to take care of it. Um, and I feel incredibly honored that it's my role to head one unify and to push it as far as we can. I think they chose the right person to do the job because I know how passionate you are about these things. And one of the things that I love that you're doing, as you said, is hitting all aspects of the industry because, you know, when people are new to the wine industry, they really don't understand what jobs are out there, what what they can do. There are so many uh, facets to working in wine. You know, people see the glamour of a master sommelier or a master of wine, and they don't understand that there are all these other tiers and layers of things they can do. So I think that's really important, uh, having all those mentors from all those different roles. And I love what you said about education being the cornerstone of the progress. Uh, I'm an educator. I teach WSET. I teach Italian wine. We all know that there are a huge number of obstacles on the path to wine education, you know, not the least of which being cost. Um, how is Wine Unify addressing these obstacles? You know, you're getting scholarships into people's hands. How are you jumping over all the hurdles to support and assist your members on their wine education journeys? Yeah, that's a great question. It is, um, you know, Outside of providing awards for people and giving them all the resources or many, many resources, um, we're creating access as well. Whether it's being at wine festivals or 
In fact, one of our mentees just um, was in Piedmont for an all-expense-paid trip with one of our sponsors and ourselves in, in, um, combined. Just access, giving them access to a room, getting them access to regions um, and to wines. But, you know, what I love is that we've created this network for them. If I don't have the answer, one of our mentors absolutely will have that answer. Um, and to have a built-in network of some of the best people in the industry, I mean, God, I wish I'd had that. It's been absolutely amazing to watch and how engaged our mentees are and how engaged, engaged our mentors are as well. I think they're getting as much from these relationships as our, our mentees are. And um, as we are looking to change what leadership looks like. People need to understand what all the roles in the industry are. You know, it's not the glamour to your point of being an, an MW or an MS or a certified SOM or working the floor or a wine director. I mean, there are people who make labels. You know, we have someone who's not interested in, you know, being on premise or off premise, but wants to do wine photography. There's so many different ways. There are people who, you know, you know, we need corks and bottles and, and all the other things as well. There's the glamorous parts, but not everyone wants to do that. And it's important to, for people to understand there's so many different ways of being in the industry. And we're also trying to create wine enthusiasts. You know, our level ones don't have to want to be in the industry or they may be dipping their toes in. But we want to, you know, as we're on ramping, not only professionals, we're hoping to help on ramp um, more wine enthusiasts. I think that's really important. It's nice to, you know, keep that, you know, very inclusive, very welcoming door open. Not everybody who's interested in wine wants to work in wine. And, you know, speaking as someone who does work in wine, I can understand that feeling. But uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to, to talk about you know, as you say, on ramping, I like that verb, people at all different levels, you know, unfortunately, we have to admit that diversity and inclusion in our wine industry is still seriously hampered by general feelings of exclusion among many ethnic and diverse racial communities at every level of the wine industry. So how are you and Wine Unify looking to change this and sort of break these walls down? Because we really need positive actors to do this right now. I try to be one. I'm outside of, of the community, but I try to be an ally. How are you doing it from inside the community? Aside from your mentoring um, process, which is amazing, what else are you doing you know, just to overcome this general feeling of, of being excluded sometimes? Um, quite a bit, actually. Beyond the WSET, we also offer... Um, seminars. We've done fantastic Zooms with just some of the best people, you know, whether it's talking about the, the science of aroma, but also building a brand and marketing. And we're about to do one on language um, with our, our friend and mentor, Elise Achuro from the wine, who's the wine linguist. Um, we are doing a seminar um, this weekend on, on, on finding your path, like what part of the industry are you interested in? Building a brand with um, your own personal brand or an actual wine label. I mean, just like we're trying to hit everything. And like, you know, we have a hundred and we've given out 152 awards um, since 2020. And 
the engagement, and I often say that people come for the education and stay for the community. The education that we have, um, the engagement, excuse me, that we have with our our mentees, they can they continue, they come back. You know, uh, there are times we have forty or fifty people on a Zoom, which is amazing. You know, absolutely amazing to me. Um, and or it can be as simple as Aspen Food and Wine had one of our mentees um, trailing myself and Gary Obligacion last year. Um, Harrellsburg Food and Wine invited four of our mentors, mentees, and and there's two days of education and two days of, of volunteer work, which is unbelievable. So it's just giving people access beyond education um, in a textbook. It's just so incredibly important to help people know that they belong and also to to get more representation within rooms that, you know, I was at an event last year and there were hundreds of people there. And after being out of the wine industry for about 18 years and just working very, very part time, I was shocked to see that very little had changed. And to be in a room of hundreds of of wine professionals, and there were maybe ten wine professionals of color, it was it was. I thought, okay, <laughs> not much has changed. What can what? what yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> it's depressing. But we love this industry so much, and there are people who didn't realize that this industry was even existed or was a possibility for them. And the jobs that some of our mentees are getting right now, it's just wonderful to see. And when we, you know, after we have a new cohort come on, we do a, a huge welcome call with our mentors and our board. And and it's just this beautiful thing to see the future of the industry on your screen. You know, whether it's someone who's quite young in their early 20s, and we've also had, we have people in their 60s and in even a 75-year-old who owns a and a and b and wanted to offer, you know, wine tastings to her guests, you know? And, and so we are hitting so many different demographics, which is so important. There's room for everyone. It's nice. I, I say similar things about the wine industry. You know, it's like I've said to my young students, you know, learning about wine is like learning how to play golf. You know, you, you might play a lot of soccer right now, you know, you're 20 years old, but when you're 70, you're not going to be playing soccer. But if you learn how to play golf, you'll probably still be playing some golf. And wine is quite like that. You know, if you do a lot of tequila shots when you're 20, you're probably not doing that when you're 70, but you might still be drinking wine. So uh, I, I think that's, it's really good having, you know, wine does bring people together. And, and it should do it more and we should do it better. You know, as leaders in our community, we should do it better. And, and you definitely are. I want to focus on, on your success. You said 152 financial awards for education since 2020. That is a lot. So that, that is wonderful. I want to congratulate you on that. And I want to ask, so where do your members go to study when they get these awards? Where is this money coming from? You know, who is who is supporting you? Who is donating? And do you have any sort of hard data way to measure the success of your members after they've studied? Do you follow their careers and, and what happens next? Let's talk about all these good things, because this is, 
you know, I like numbers. They are factual. Nobody can deny them. So 152 financial awards for education in under four years is great. So tell me, tell me about them. Where do they study and who gives you money? and What do they do next? All right. Who gives us money? Um, tons of people, but we're always looking for more. Just like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. We have organizations like um, Napa Valley Wine Academy, the Napa Valley Vintners. Um, we have wineries and other organizations who are giving us money. We have private donors um, who give us money as well. Um, there's so many ways for people to be involved with Wine Unify. Um, where do our members study? Um, level ones all study at um, Napa Valley Wine Academy, who are so incredibly generous. And I'm a big fan of Napa Valley Wine Academy. We had two of their educators in our Vini Italy International Academy Italian Wine Ambassador Program in 2023, and they are fantastic people. Um, absolutely amazing. And they donate um, a number of awards for us. Um, and because of when we started um, Wine Unify, it was key that we could do it online. Um, so all of level ones go through Napa Valley Wine Academy and then our other levels, many of them do, but because people, we are in probably 35 states around the country. Um, some people want to be in person. So from level two and above, we do not require that people go to Napa Valley Wine Academy. So some people are in DC or New York or Chicago or wherever they are. So people study in their own states and cities as well. Um, and how do we measure success? Well, what I love is that, you know, we've given out 152 awards, but some of those are repeat awards. We have people who've done levels um, one through three. We have people who've gone three through two and through their diploma, you know, so we are, um, people come back and people stay engaged and, you know, not only is it for the awards, but they're interested in our, our seminars and the other sort of programs that we're putting together for them. It, it's, it's a sort of a continuing education, but also, um, a great sense of community. Um, and, Ways of measuring it, I think it's looking to see where people land, um, hearing it back. We do surveys every year, um, trying to understand where we need to tweak things, um, what else people might need. One thing we're looking to implement this year is some executive coaching. Um, it's something that we discovered last year that is would be incredibly helpful. You know, there are some people you know, who can take them the baton and just run with it. And there's some people who need something more, a bit more scaffolding um, or just a, a sounding board. So we're really looking to see how to help people to see it as best as we can. And that is one of the things that having an executive director has afforded us, that there's someone who can, I speak to our mentees all the time. <laughs> um, the number of conversations I'm having on a daily basis and people who have concerns for people who have successes that they want to share. Um, it's been really wonderful that someone can be there um, to listen and to see what do we need to do next? Um, what sort of access do we need to provide? Are you enjoying this podcast? 
Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. Well, that hands-on element is, is, I think, one of the best parts of being, you know, a real support, a real educator, you know, really an advocate for change in someone's life. If you really are hands-on and having those conversations on an ongoing basis, they are so meaningful. I, w- I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying about your mentoring work. You said you always wanted to create an organization that you wish you had when you were starting out. I know I feel that way too sometimes. And this this look at the mentoring piece is really important. I think making that connection, you know, for a newbie in the industry with somebody who looks like them, shares their values, shares their experiences, and can say, hey, look, I'm a success. You can be this too. So you're drawing your, your mentors from all over the industry. Who have you got on board at the moment? How does the mentor relationship work? Do they get together? Do they spend a year together? Or is it kind of ad hoc? How does it go? Um, so once we have a new cohort, um, I sort of give our mentees another survey. I ask very specific questions, and then I am pairing them with mentors you know, and um, sometimes it's a direct relation to what they want to do or what they are doing. And sometimes it's more needing a cheerleader, you know. Um, Some people do have imposter syndrome, and I have a couple of mentors who are amazing at sort of dispelling that, which is fantastic. Um, I, I think that we currently have about 25, 27 mentors. And our programming, depending level ones and twos, can be like an eight-week commitment. And um, we have very clear guidelines of what mentoring is, and it's not teaching content. People can stay on. You know, there are people who are no longer doing a a, um, certification, but still reach out to their mentors or any mentor within the industry if there's a question they have. So there's no set time period. You know, we are asking that you commit to this period of when they're taking their certification class. Um, But people continue beyond that. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I I think all of us uh, can look back across our lives and, and point to one or two mentors who really changed our path. And putting that framework and that scaffolding, as you called it, in front of someone who's just at the beginning is really giving them the tools to you know, succeed, to not give up, to keep going you know, up what can be a rocky hillside on, on many days. So I, I love the mentoring part of this. Uh, I want to just have a quick change of topic. I, I read a great quote from you recently. You'll laugh. You said, there's room for everyone and everything in this industry. We want to make room for our youth, but we don't want you to throw us out with the bathwater. I love this quote. Uh, we are both women of a certain age, and we both have daughters as well. So I just want to ask your perception. How do you view the wine industry's perspective on youth and enthusiasm versus age and experience, You know, particularly for women? We all see a lot of older men in wine, but not as many mature women in wine. Wow, that's a that's a 
landmine of a question. It's uh, oh, I love to throw these things out there. You know what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it actually. You know, there are not a lot of mature women because frequently women have to decide between families and the industry. It's a difficult industry to be in. There's a lot of late nights. Um, late nights. There's it's it's tough. I mean, I was wine director of a restaurant, um, and I know what that's like, having to work until midnight, 1 a.m., and then coming home. I mean, I personally wanted to be home for my children, and, and once I left the floor when I was about eight months pregnant, and I knew that I, I couldn't go back to that life. I wanted to have a particular type of, of, of um, family life. And I think that's why we don't see a lot of mature women. And so coming back into the industry in the tw- um, um, 2020, when many people were leaving, I thought I knew that I would not go back to working a floor, buying wine, doing that type of thing. Education was so incredibly important to me. This was perfect, specifically for me at this stage in my life. Absolutely wonderful. Unfortunately, I think so many industries value youth over maturity and there's so much knowledge that we are throwing away by just always keeping young and you know as people become more expensive as they get older as well it's it's easier to to bring in someone who's so much younger um and they also have that amazing skin and the energy you know (laughs) And they're cheaper. And they're cheaper, right? Um, it's really tough. It's like, what's the balance? And how can you do this? How can you allow women to have a role in the industry and have a life outside of the industry as well? It's it's just, I, I think it's, you see this across so many different industries. And it's just, it really is very tough. You know, we've we've had so many revolutions around body images and um, and representation of different types, but ageism is something that we haven't quite tackled yet. And how do we do that? Um, because we are missing out on so much. And you know, there. I sometimes people are like, it's it's their time though, and you're taking up space. And I'm like there's room, we can all do this and compliment each other and have it be incredibly powerful because people are living longer and people have a lot to offer. And people need to keep working. And people need to keep working. I have two kids in college. I need to keep working. <laughs> you know I have six children, so I, I, I have no comment on your two kids in college. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not a competition, obviously, but it is. I think it is such a big point that um, you know ageism doesn't really seem to enter into the male uh, sector of the workforce, but it certainly does in the female sector. And in wine, you know, wine, going back to this whole idea of people have this glamorous notion of wine, and we now have, you know, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all these things and influencers, and suddenly you can get into the wine world on social media with basically zero education or background or experience or anything. If you are young and beautiful and can hold a wine glass and read a wine label. So it is, yeah, it is something, I think you're right about this idea of um, throwing out knowledge uh, in favor of exceptionally good skin. (laughs) 
No, I just wonder how we change what leadership looks like. I wonder how we include everyone. I agree with you 100% that there is space for everyone. I mentor a group of young women who are all social media managers. They're all under 30. And you know, talking to them has really inspired me. I've learned a lot from them. I hope they've learned a lot from me. And I wonder how we uh, go forward and, and change what leadership looks like and, and make space for all ages of women in our industry. Yeah, you know, I think the onus is definitely on us as an older generation. I mean, I'm a woman in my 50s. And, you know, fortunately, I'm a black woman. And, you know, you know what they say about black women, their skin, I, 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 I can pass for 35 on a good day. I definitely cannot. <laughs> but, the you know, the onus is on us to stay current as mature women in this industry and not to just rely on our past knowledge. It's important for us to take that past knowledge and also apply it to how what the wine industry looks like now. Um, so it, it's on both sides, right? Um, continuing education is so incredibly important. I think it's important for us to bring on the younger generation um, and and to to help, you know, to open doors and to to you know, they need to walk through it and do the work. Um, but it does not have to be a competition. And I think if we can successfully change what leadership looks like, we can change this as well. It's important that we have more women at the top. It's important that we have more women of color at the top and males of color as well. And, you know, and with Wine Unify, we're blending so many different groups, you know, it's not just... It's a um, wine group. You have to do blending. You have to do blending. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm going to steal that. Anyway. <laughs> I'll give it to you for free. <laughs> you know, so whether we're doing DEI training with our mentors, because, you know, we need to speak a common language, um, whether it's one of our Asian mentors or our South Asian mentors or our black mentors or Latino mentors, we are, you know, blending different demographics and, um, and age is a part of it as well. It really is important that we are seeing not just mentees who are 20 and 30, but who are 40, 50, 60 as well. Um, I, I love working with everyone and having people find find their way you know there's so many people who are looking to change since 2020 their roles we have a number of medical professionals and even lawyers and social workers who got burnt out and wine has become a source of joy for them and whether they're keeping their day job and moving forward it has been a renewal for for an older generation as well as for a young generation but i think that it's the onus is on us um, to to change what leadership looks like in this country. And we can talk about gatekeeping and all of that things. I'm here to take them down. I'm not here to open them at all. Yeah, well, okay, I love that. I'd rather take them all down than try and pry them open. I, I completely agree with that. Um, before, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you one last thing. What advice would you personally give, you know, young people, young people of color, particularly young women of color um, and young men of color who come to Wine Unify looking for support, looking for community, looking for a way in. What's your advice? What advice would I give? It's come prepared to do the work. You know, 
um, there's a way of being a mentor and the way of being a mentee. Be prepared to do the work. Ask questions. It's important not to think, I don't know it all. And I've been in this industry for over 25 years. Um, and there's one thing of the glamour and the glitz of being an influencer and being on TikTok or being on Instagram, but truly being open to learning what this industry is, what it could be, and who 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 are you um, who are you learning from? You know, I think you know I've I've had conversations with people who are like, I want to be a winemaker. Okay. <laughs> There's steps that we need to take to get there, but it's possible, you know, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, and just being prepared to having your mind blown by what the possibilities are. Um, and I think it's so important to look around you and to see who's doing what you envision you might be doing and then and talking to them or talking to someone like them. You know, people love to talk about themselves. I say it all the time, wine is naturally inclusive. I think that there's a way for people to find their joy, their space in this industry without having to compromise themselves, their ideals. Come to Wine Unify. We we welcome people. And you know, our application process, we open applications four times a year for each level, from level one through the diploma. Um, it is an anonymous process. We have one of our co-founders who strips our applications of personal information. And then our board of directors go in and and you know we try to limit ourselves to the number of awards given, but it's hard. I mean last year we had almost 60 people apply for our welcome awards and we wanted to give 10. Well, that felt not okay to us that we were going to turn away that many people. So we ended up giving out 30, um, which is doable at that level because that's group mentorship, whereas levels two and above get one-on-one -on -one mentorship. So it was not a huge tax on our our mentors or our resources in certain ways. But it's 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 getting increasingly difficult to adhere to our hard fast rules of only five level threes. We actually gave out twelve. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's it's hard. So we are here. We're welcoming people, and and we want to meet everyone. We want to meet you. You know, look us up on Instagram. That's that's how people find out when our awards are are being released. And write your best essay, or write your best application. Um, and you know, there's sometimes that people are not given an award, um, but then they come back and apply again. And second time's a charm. You know, we wish we can give them to everyone, um, but we only have so many resources. So it is important that we continue to fundraise, that we continue, our donors continue to give, and that we find new donors. Because I don't think that Wine Unify is going to go away. The reason why it started may be a different reason from why it continues, but um, we're here. And we're here to help change what the industry looks like. And I think also to help the industry. When we look at the fact that, um, and I'm not a boomer, but I'm married to one, that um, boomers are only 28% of color, but Gen Z is 50% is of color. So we are, in some ways, the future of this industry. That is amazing. I, I think, again, I love numbers, and it's 
you know, hearing those numbers, it's a stark reality that we need to embrace and lift up. And I love the generosity of spirit that you approach everything you do with. I like that you were supposed to give out five awards and you gave out 12. Of course you did. That's, that's exactly who Alicia Towns Franken is. So I think uh, Wine Unify, as I said at the beginning, has picked the right person to be their executive director. I'm very excited to see where you go now. You know, the training wheels are off. COVID is over. You're up and running with so much um, enthusiasm and, and so much going on. I hope everybody will get in touch. And I can't wait to talk to you again in another year or two. I'm sure that you'll be doing more amazing things. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking about Wine Unify. Thank you for listening. And remember to tune in next Wednesday when I'll be chatting with another fascinating guest. Italian Wine Podcast is among the leading wine podcasts in the world and the only one with a daily show. Tune in every day and discover all our different shows. You can find us at italianwinepodcast.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Himalaya, or wherever you get your pods.